Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. Nishmas Ruslin, Bas, Rahana, Ezra. Shimon Ben Yitzchak, Masha Bas Yitzchak. Slight delay here a second. Is there a problem again on the video before we start? Amazing. Okay, listen. Shabbos, Bashva Yakel, only. And Shabbos and Varchim, again, Chedish other, but other Shani. Other Shani, known as the other closest to Chedish Nisan. And therefore, it's Shabbos and Varchim, and it's also Pashas Shkolim. So, whereas we just read Kisisa, for Mafter we'll be reading once again Kisisa. As we spoke, Pash Kisisa, talks about the Shkalim, the Machsa Shekel. And since this, we are going to be leaning by Yakil and Kisis and Shkolem together, we see a common denominator between the two Pashias. Mm-hmm. That common denominator being, of course, as we know, the concept of Achtas, unity. Unity between <clears throat> Unity amongst Klal Yisrael. Wherein does this lie? <coughs> Not only amongst Am Yisrael, amongst the Jewish nation, but also and more so Jewish nation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yakel begins... In fact, the mission have been gathered together, all the Jews, the entire Jewish nation, and commands them about the laws of Shabbos. And also, the laws of the Mishkan. And, recording a shir. And here we learn that in order for to rest amongst Am Yisrael, 
needs to first reach to the unity, the tight-knit unity of the Jewish nation, being a kohol. As we say in Davening, Davening of Shemayna Esrei, Barcheinu avinu kulonu ke'echot. When will our Father, when do we ask, when do we beseech of our Father to bless us? When we are kulonu ke'echot, we're all like one. Pashish Golem as well. In its own, as <coughs> we spoke about the concept of Machzis HaShekel, it stresses even more so. Because as we said, we asked the question, everything with Dusha has to be a full thing, a complete thing. <coughs> if it's not a complete thing, if it's not a whole entity, then it's a problem. You have Lechem Mishnah, you have to have a full Chali, you have Matzah, has to be a full Matzah. Um, and many other mitzvahs that have to be complete. The mitzvah has to be complete 13 years. The opinion of Ben has to be complete 30 days. The 31st day we make the opinion. In this, this Pasha though, a little bit of the so that is therefore the question. Now why is it a carbon the sacrifice has to always be a whole complete sacrifice, cannot have any flaws or missing anything? And here all of a sudden we're asking not only to not give a whole shekel, even to give only a half of a shekel. And even more so, the Territ points out that the shekel Esrim Gero, twenty Gero. So the shekel being 20 gator, therefore the machzah shekel being 10. That's a full, a full number. So why does the tailor choose to say a half a shekel instead of 10 gator? This comes to teach us the ultimate founda- fundamental way of service of Hashem. A Jew needs to always remember that he himself is only a half. What completes him a second, a fellow Jew. In order to be in this situation, Shekel HaKedish, his obligation to unite with a second Jew in a way of a hafta l'reyacha kamecha. And only then, when he unites totally with his friend, then we have a Dover Shalem, a complete entity. Another thing that we hear from here, in the in, in the idea of a half, is the recognition. In order to be a metzias, complete metzias, a person has to unite himself with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In order to be an entity of any kind of sort, one needs to be united with God, and they need to feel the shleimus. What makes him a complete thing, a complete entity when he's united with Akadosh Baruch Hu. And then he becomes a Dava Shalom. This is hinted more so in the Shekel 
being worth the value of at 20 gera. It's known that the world generally is supported and is uh, nurtured by the concept of the ten spheres of godliness. Ten spheres. And in conjunction with that, congruent to that, is in the Nefesh Adam the ten kirches. Ten strengths. Ten kirches, kirches, and nefesh are nurtured and fed and given kirches from the Svirus Helikus. So we find, therefore, that the person himself is only a machzis, only eser, because within the metzias of 20, he's 10 out of 20. And when he attaches and connects his 10 kechis with the 10 spheres, then he becomes a full entity. Then he can become something of a whole concept. So we have, therefore, the explanation of Machsa Shekel being that it's full, it's other half has to be with the Jew, and the concept of the ten, that it's only ten Gera. And these two explanations in essence really are one. In order to achieve unity with a fellow Jew, a person needs to first have some self-nullification before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to unite with the Eivishter, with his Creator. In order to do that, and to make sure that this unity in which one unites with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a complete unity, and done correctly, He first needs to unite with a fellow Jew. Because each Jew is a chilek of HaKadosh Baruch is a part, chilek HaLekam Imal Mamish. This unity is used as a preparation to uniting to the f- ultimate Achtus Hamleya V'Hashlomo Me'HaKadosh Baruch Hu between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael by the Jews united amongst themselves. And when we complete that in a way of Vayakhil, a gathering where everyone gathers as one, from the Lushan of Kol Godl Yeshuvu Hena, the entire nation, a great nation, gathers here. This is the kibbutz of all the Goliaths, the gathering of all the Goliaths, which will happen through. Mashiach said, Kenu, take from Yad Mamish, Mherev Yemenu, Amen, 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 Ken Yehi Ratzin. May it be the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we unite in such a fashion. 
question was asked Vayakil Moshe and said, Rashi says wait a minute, let me tell you something a secret about this whole gathering he gathered everybody the day after Yom Kippur The day after Yom Kippur, he gathered everybody. Why? Why is it relevant to us that this is the day after Yom Kippur? But that's a, a minor question. The real question behind it is, <coughs> we already heard something happened this day. The Mechamash is very astute. And he knows how to, he remembers things that happened in the past, how they could have happened, they would have happened, what should have happened, especially if it's mentioned in the Tera. And since Tera mentions this day after Yom Kippur, this very same day after Yom Kippur elsewhere, let us look back in history and try to focus and remember where. And we find by Yishma Yisrael Yisrael heard what's going on and he came to the Eden and he says to Moshe he gives him some ideas says Rashi when did this take place Rashi tells us day after Yom Kippur whoa there's a lot of happening after day after Yom Kippur here. what's going on everything day after Yom Kippur question becomes we know that Moshe was the most humble person ever being the most humble person ever, Mesha, I mean, we look at Shmuel Anavi, for example. So Shmuel Anavi used to travel from town to town to listen to the problems and to the dictators and to the questions and to the issues. He would go and invest visiting one person, one, per, one place to another. Understand, of course, it wasn't exactly the five boroughs. His journey was quite a journey to go from one place to the next to Israel, to visit all the region. But there were times when he sat in his own Dalaramis as well, and people came to ask him questions. We find in Navi tells us about this. So if Meish Rabbeinu was the most humble of all, in that case, why does Meish Rabbeinu gather the people rather than 
going to the people themselves? Good question. Good question. Moshe Rabbeinu had an interesting status. Moshe Rabbeinu was the king of Kal Yisrael. Now, although we know that the king is in the field, Chedesh El, but But, generally, that whole idea, that whole concept that's brought out about the king in the field of Chedesh El is to teach us and tells us the rest of the year the king is in his palace. So the king's in his palace the whole year and people want to talk to the king, they have to come to the palace. And there's a concept in Chaydish El Melech Basada, the king is in the field and you can come to speak to the king, whoever wants can come speak to the king. Zatmelech, royalty demands a certain amount of their cherets. We're trying to resume the video now. A certain amount of their cherets to tell a person how to behave and how to treat a king. No. Wonderful. Moshe Rabbeinu was a king. And therefore, the Eden had to come to him. Where does the day after Yom Kippur come into the picture though? Meshe Rabbeinu the Chet and everything that went on lost status he was the ruler he was the head of the Jewish nation he was the the teacher etc but his royal status was stripped he was not considered a king any longer throughout the time that he was davening for the Jews to save the Jews for 40 days and 40 nights. However, as he went for the third, third set of 40 days and 40 nights, and now <coughs> he came down with the second Luchais, he was reinstated as king. And therefore, at this point, now you didn't have to come to him. At this point, by Yakel Moshe, he gathers all the Jewish nation to come together to him. What does he tell them? He gathers the Jewish nation, and he tells them, he commands them about Shemitah Shabbos. He commands them about keeping Shabbos and making the Mishkan. And from here we learn that the congruency between the two, that anyone, any malachas that were done in the Mishkan 
cannot be done on Shabbos. From there we learn the concept of the Lamed Test, the 39 Melachas, the 39 jobs that a person may not do on Shabbos, because this was done in the Mishkan. But Vayakil Meshe, as we said, is day after Yom Kippur, when he came down from the mountain. For what? To tell them about Shemitah Shabbos and about the Mishkan. And at this point, he also brought with him the second set of Lucas, as we said. So Rashi explains. First of all, how does Rashi know that this is the day of Yom Kippur, not Yom Kippur itself? He came down on the mountain, he came off the mountain on, on Yom Kippur. Secondly, why did Mesha wait? A whole day to give over the commandments of God. Why did he not give it as soon as he came down? We know if you give you score at home, you can buy them dollar and magdim and the mitzvahs. People that are swift go quickly to do mitzvahs. They see to immediately do the mitzvahs. They don't push off a mitzvah. Rashi comes to this conclusion that it was the day after Yom Kippur from the word Vayakhel. What is... Welcome, Georgia. What does... What does... Vayakhel come to teach us? Meish Rabbeinu did a special pu'ula. He gathered the nation. So we must say from here, this was not in Yom Kippur itself. Because he, to gather the nation was trumpets, was this, was that. But how do you get everybody together? Even, exa- even if you said the mass text, <laughs> that couldn't be on Yom Kippur. So therefore, when he came down the mountain, he gathered the nation for that, that he's here now with the second Lucas. Here the Torah teaches us he gathered the Jews again a second time unlike the first time where he did not give them the whole laws of Shemitah Shabbos and of the Mishkan the works of the, the jobs of the Mishkan he gathered them a second time at this point he did We still have the question, why wait? He had everybody yesterday, why didn't he do it right away? And the answer is, when a Jew goes down, or when Moshe, I'm sorry, when Moshe came down from Har Sinai, he brought with him the second Luchis. This awakened amongst the nation, Tremendous, tremendous yearning to receive the Luchas. It was also a tremendous Simcha Baruch that he forgave them on the sin of the golden calf, the eagle. Therefore, on Yom Kippur itself, they were totally, totally enveloped, their minds, their hearts, everything was enveloped in the concept of forgiveness and Tera. There was no place for anything else. 
They were as high as they can get. Only the next day, Moshe Rabbeinu gathers them again and tells them the commandment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is Negea to them to do the works of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, keeping Shabbos, the works of the Mishkan. But in Kippur itself, when they saw were too involved in the Torah itself, receiving the second Luchas, they weren't capable of grasping everything in that one shot. We learn two things from this. Firstly, there's a special Milo when it comes to Tera. When a person attaches themselves, and they so attached and dead and put into the Tera, they don't know and see anything else, then even the highest and greatest of mitzvahs, making the Mishkan, do not come into play. Secondly, even though there's a tremendous maila, tremendous great entity of Teda itself, after, when we reach the attachment of Teda, we have to go out of the Dalar Amis of Teda, and we have to fulfill God's mission in the world, to make a Mishkan with Mitzias of the world, to use physical elements. After this great attachment, this great dvekus in Teda, a Jew needs to also go out and to do and to work in the world itself. Everyone that says, Ainli of the Teda, I feel the Teda Ainli. Someone who says, I have nothing else but Teda, then he doesn't have Teda either. <coughs> With Teda, we are obligated to have Gemilus Chasadim. And then we merit to the resting of the Shekhinah, which comes with it, and that also ultimately bringing about the Geula Amitis Vashlema. We know, amongst the Avedis that were done here, Teda tells us, V'chol isha chachmas leiv v'yadea tavu v'yaviu matve. They needed to, to weave wool, and it needed to be done for the curtains, and for all the other things that you needed them for. Teda tells us, Isha Chachma Slave. Only the woman was able to do this. Whereas the men, they brought the wool and the purple wool and everything else. But they did not prepare it. What's the difference? Melechus Mishkan has to be Lishma has to be with the intention for Hashem, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. V'yikhu li truma HaKadosh Baruch Hu. says, take for me, it has to be lilish me. My name. Whereas one, uh, many of the men had just sinned with the Cheta Egel, with the sin of the golden calf. Therefore, they were disqualified 
from doing this. And therefore it was Dafka the women that were given the schus. Because we knew that the women would do it lishma. The women did not sin by Cheta Egel. And therefore we didn't suspect that in any which way, form or fashion, their mind would deter from doing this dafke for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We know, Rashi tells us, a very, very special part involved with this. The women didn't just weave the wool. They called over the Shepsula and they said, Shah, steal Shepsula. Calm yourself down, my Shepsula. And on the Shepsula's back, they proceeded without cutting it, without having to clean it and to thresh it and to this and to the ends. I don't know how many of you or any of us or how much I know about it either. The wool is sheared from the back of the sheep. How it's processed, what needs to be done to process it. They they went past all the stages or they did everything on the back of the sheep itself. And they actually wove the curtains from the wool that was on and connected still to the back of the sheep and only after it completed it then it was cut off and used that's just something you hear and you say wow especially the first time you hear it if you hear it year after year if you learn about it over and over again you still say wow because it's an amazing thing Shepsalach don't like to be, I mean, they're tame animals per se, but a little, uh, you know, sit still is not easy, they're squirmish. And for me to get them to sit still long enough to actually weave a whole curtain on their back, this is something that's beyond talent. Also, you're involved, you're, you're setting yourself up, shall we say, for a little bit of an issue. Perhaps the sheep will take a move. Perhaps the sheep will not sit still. Then your work will be fruit, fruitless, it will be worthless. So why did start? How did you know for sure that the sheep would sit still for you? You can tame the sheep what did they do? Hypnotize the sheep? I mean, come on. And besides which, you're pulling on the on the hair on the back. So let us say that you can shear it with a perfect shear, the perfect machine, whatever it might be, that you know for sure will not disturb the back of the, kid, the, the sheep. And therefore the sheep would stand still. Like when they do even when you milk the cow. And the cow is actually in pain. <coughs> the milk that's gathered in the udders, in the udders, in the in the 
place where the milk where the milk gathers, shall we say. And although it's in pain, and by pulling the udders and remo- relie- relieving it of the pain, and pulling out the milk, draining the milk, it's being relieved and it feels now more comfortable and happier, still doesn't stand still. It moves back and forth out of joy and a pleasure. Not much, because you usually try, try to tie the feet together in the back so you don't get kicked in the face when you're doing it. But tachlis, to sit there and to shear the sheep like that, it's, it's a, more than just a talent. What was this? They had exactly this talent. And they knew that they needed to apply their talent to avoid this Hashem. When you are endowed with any kind of talent, whether it be speaking, singing, art, whatever it might be, one needs to channel it and to devote it and to put it through with ways of serving Hashem and making the world a better place. No. So they understood as well. They needed to do this for the service of Hashem so first of all, stand here and wait for you to shear the sheep and to put the field to filter it. I have something that has to be done now for the Mishkan. I'm doing it now. In the fastest, the most honoring way that they could be done on the back of the sheep, the way it is, the Vishnaten gate. And this is a lesson that we have in our own lives. How to dedicate and to devote everything for Avedis Hashem. Friedrich Rebbe once said about the Alter Rebbe's Chassidim that they used to sit and learn as much as they could, but some of them were involved in mischer, in business. They knew if they had an exceptionally successful day, that when they get home, either there'll be a letter from the Alter Rebbe requesting money for certain tzedakah, or there will be an actual shadar, an actual messenger, by their door, waiting for them to collect money for the poor people in Etzisrael, or something of the sort, of the sort, of one of the, one of the Rebbe's uh, pu'ulis. Because they understood that nothing a person does is for themselves. Everything is done for the Ebishtah. And therefore, what it says, Sheishes Yamim Teosa Melacha, Melacha should be done. We need to understand how that exactly, why is it wording Teosa to be done rather than Sheishes Yam Tasa Melacha? Six days you should work. <laughs> Tell Moshe of a man was walking by a field. And he saw a very interesting sight. He saw two men, and if you ever were in a field, they usually irrigate in rows. So he saw two men, the beginning of a row, 
first guy takes out his spade and digs a hole. Second guy, as the first guy goes forward to dig the second hole, the second fellow goes and fills the hole that he just dug. He finishes the second hole, goes on to the third hole, and the other fellow comes and refills the second hole as he's digging the third hole. And this repeats itself over and over and over, one hole after another after another. Fellow A makes the hole, fellow B fills the hole. And the man is standing there fascinated. What are these guys doing? Finally, after he doesn't even know how long he approaches them, and he says, I'm sorry to stop you, bother you, disturb your work, but I notice you dig the holes very, very nicely. He says, thank you. I make a perfect size hole. He says, the other fellow, I see you fill the holes perfectly. You leave that perfect mound. It's just amazing. He says, thank you. He says, pray tell, explain to me what you guys are doing you're opening a hole and you're closing the hole, opening the hole, closing you're not doing anything. What kind of field are you going to have? <laughs> they both laugh at the fool. And they say to him, you foolish man, we do our work every single day. He said, you do this every day like this? He says, yes. So what is, what, what are you, plan, what's your whole plan here? They say, well, every day there's a third guy, he's sick today. He didn't come. Really? What does the third guy do? So well, I dig the hole, and Mr. Third Guy puts the seeds in, and the second guy covers the hole again. Today he didn't come, but I gotta do mine, I gotta dig my hole. And the other side, the other fellow says, I gotta do mine, I gotta fill the hole. I, when the other fellow's not there to plant the seeds, <laughs> it's literally fruitless. Pun on words. <laughs> Pun on words, but that's exactly what a person needs to know. That the person needs to do the malacha. The malacha just has to be done. So Meshach Rabbeinu gathers the Eden and he says, "Shem te'ase malacha." On the seventh day should be Shabbos Kedish, Shabbos Shabbosin. And then the Chazal tell us. That not only keeping Shabbos is a mitzvah, but doing the work on the six days is also a mitzvah, it's also a commandment. Shabbos, just like the Jews were commanded, a positive commandment of Shabbos, they so too are commanded to work. Why? The malacha and the work that they do makes, according to what the Tater says, the Shem Shemaim, and as Bechinus Avedis Hashem, as we said before, learning from the women that wove on the backs of the sheep. I mean, Punt I saw today, I think, or yesterday, um, it's only the title of the clip, I didn't see the actual clip of the video of the Rebbe t- saying a person cannot retire. Let me wait, let me finish the sentence. 
cannot retire from Avedis Hashem. People tend to retire. They do the work. But, you know, comes the end of the day, they have to know what their tafkid is, what their mission is. They have to know how to apply it and how to do it. So this is therefore, although it's talking about the seventh day one must rest, on the six days the person needs to do the work of Avedis Hashem. This passage also hints how a person has to devote themselves to the six days of work, Meisha Rabbeinu is teaching them the being straight, being forward. What was the more natural part of the teaching of saying to them, Tell them to do or it should be done. You should all do or you should do. But rather he says, It should be done. When you tell a person, Tasa, this job should be done, has to get done, it means to say, put yourself into it, and see to it that you do this job. When you say, Te'ose, has a different connotation. It should get done. Don't kill yourself for it, but it, the main thing is that I want to see an end product. This is what the Teda is looking to teach us. Yes, I need to work on six days, for six days. And I'm commanded to work. But it doesn't have to be that I throw myself into the work, my whole heart, soul, my head, my body, my whole spirit, and everything else. Work, yeah, work. Get your work week done. Get what you have to do done. But this is not the Yatachlis HaKavana. This is not what it's all about. Yid needs to remember that his Aveda, his Malacha, is not what life, is not where life begins and ends. It's not the dual and ends all of life. It happens to be a conduit for Parnassah. True life is Chaya Ruach, the spiritual life of the Imitator. And Tefillah, and involvement in doing mitzvahs, doing Maisim Tevim, etc. That's what life is, that's what living is. And we see this in the Pasuk, in Tehillim. Yegiyah Kapecha Kiseicha Ashrecha V'Tevlach. The work of your hands, you will eat from, and then good for you. It'll be how wonderful it'll be for you. The stress being kapecho. Work needs to be done only with your hands. The work, the physical labor is done with your hands. However, the head, the soul, this stays for God, for service of God, for learning Teda. 
When a Jew behaves like this, how wonderful it will be and good for you. Someone comes and asks, if I don't put my whole life and soul into my job, how do I know I'll be successful? And therefore we answer, person has to work, Baruch Hu, a Jew has to believe at the end of the day, Panasa comes from Akadosh Baruch Hu. And the tafkir of the person is to prepare himself to make himself a vessel. In the meantime, to receive the brachas of Hashem. And therefore he has to work and involve himself in work. But someone that wants to figure out how much he's going to earn, etc. This is nothing to do. This is all Akadosh Baruch Hu. That's the case when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that a Jew does not have to be mashkia his whole life in his work. A person does not have to just become entrenched and enveloped and a slave to his work. So therefore, the way that to receive the bracha, the godly bracha, is to make a basis of work and then dafka when you mekayim ratzon of the Ebishter, you mekayim the ratzon of Hashem, and you don't do the opposite of this, then the person wants to know where his atzlacha and his work will be. He therefore needs to hold back from giving his whole soul and life and soul into, the, uh, into work. <coughs> this is the Ratzon of Hashem. And after the way of this, Hashem gives his bracha. So therefore a person works six days according to the way Torah dictates. And his Shabbos, therefore, will also be a different Shabbos. Won't be the hardships of turning all his kachas, nefesh, and yanam, of, of the spirituality. And he won't have to think, maharad, all his mandir, is working on the physical, mundane things. This is a true Jewish life. During the weekday, and so much more so, on Shabbos. So yes, it's all about making a Parnassah, but most importantly, it's about the Shabbos. How our Shabbos looks, and how we make, and what we make of our Shabbos. Therefore, when it comes to Avedis Hashem, and it comes to, as we said in the beginning, devotion and dedication to God, the selflessness, and the helping of a fellow Jew, oftentimes a person will say, oh man, well every time I do this I get messed up. I'll help a fellow Jew. You need, you need money, here's a few dollars. Please, don't, don't involve me in your mitzvah, and your this, and your that. So, of course, Baruch Hashem, the wonderful world of WhatsApp, a story went around. It got in my circle, I'll call yesterday. I'm sure it's not a story from yesterday. Obviously not, because it's a story that happened on Arab Shabbos. Of a fellow that was traveling in Etzel, home to his family, the Bacha. He was driving at a three-hour drive. It was a substantial amount of time before Shabbos before he left. And 
the the gauge and the gas gauge was not screaming I'm full, I'm full, I'm full, shall we say. Personally, in my own life, my kids go crazy. I'm a quarter of a tank left in my car, and I say, oh, no, i got to go get gas. I can't deal with that. I need to have full confidence that I can get where I have to go. This fellow, this fellow, the same, similarly, he kept looking at his gas gauge, but he kept looking at gas stations. I'll get the next one, I'll get the next one, I'll get the next one, I'll get the next one. Finally, he was starting to get a little bit edgy also, and he pulled into a gas station. Fills up his gas, looks at his watch, three hours to Shabbos, he's got about an hour left of his journey, he's good to go. No problem. He looks around the gas station for a minute, he sees a woman with her children, looking very, very, as we say in America, fazorked. They look really bad. It's none of his business. That's him, just keep driving, go home, and fartik, but... Farta Yiddish heart, Jewish heart. And he walks over and says, Ma'am, you look a little fazorked, shall we say. All well, everything Okay. And she practically starts to cry, and she says to him, you know, it's a, not the brightest thing of a person to do. Now, I sound and feel like a fool saying this. I came to the gas station to get gas, and accidentally I filled my car with diesel. The car's not going anywhere. In order to fix that now, it's not just take a straw and suck out the diesel. It's, great, it's involved, it's a very involved job and nobody here to do it, there's no mechanics so Ive she says yeah, where I'm going and I'm going and I'm going somewhere for Shabbos with my children and he asked where she's going and he knew that the place that she was going was three hours away exactly and it was just about three hours to Shabbos told the woman listen <coughs> Here's my keys, I just filled up. You have a full tank, you definitely get where you have to go. This is my number. Call me after Shabbos and we'll figure out already how to get my car back. But you got to get going where you have to go. The woman was obviously blown away, but she didn't have much of any more, any, not, she didn't have many options, and the situation was dire, and time was, was pressing. She jumped in the car, she thanked him profusely, took her stuff from her car, and drove. The Revaila, he called his father, told his father the situation happened, and he's an hour away, so the father said, okay, not a problem, an hour to pick you up, an hour to get to you, an hour to get back, we'll be home for an hour for Shabbos yet. And the father picked him up, <coughs> and um, garnished. After Shabbos, the woman calls up and says, I need to return the car. What? What? What can I? How, how can I repay? I don't know how to repay the guy for what he just did. He's, he literally saved our lives and to, to complete total strangers. We had no idea what went and where. So the mother says, <coughs> "He has nothing to repay him. He doesn't need anything. He just needs a collar. He needs a wife." <coughs> the woman said, "In that case." 
let me get to work on that. And she immediately started posting on all her social media the story. How this guy, a complete and total stranger, is a malach. He's literally an angel. He's, he's, he's just, you can't find somebody better than this. This guy is going to be a catch of catches. And names started pouring in. And one name came in that um, she offered the parents. The parents said, sounds good. And Baruch Hashem, they got married. So we see, <laughs> some people would say, no good deed goes unpunished. Chas Hashem. He was Baruch Hashem, Zeche to a Zivig, Zivig, his true Zivig, and found her in a way by doing a mitzvah <coughs> that was me'evin and me'al, beyond comprehension, beyond any reach, beyond any devotion, dedication, a mitzvah, a true, true mitzvah, in a form of te'asa, melacha, of making the work get done. A lot of people won't part with their car on a good day. But to give away the car entirely to a complete and total stranger this way, and literally saving, that's all it's the fashas. Giving them a Shabbos, this person achieved and was immediately repaid. And therefore, go out there and do that one more good deed. Go out there and see to it that we make HaKadosh Baruch Hu happy, proud, that we are His children. <coughs> Repay us with the ultimate reward. The Gaula Mitzvah Shlema Yedem Shiatzkenu Good Shabbos to all.